Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Although Jesus spoke Aramaic and Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek. By the time they were written down, the church had been worshiping and proclaiming the Gospels for decades. And certain words and phrases of Jesus had become so memorable that the original quote and the language in which Jesus had spoken them had become part of the church's collective memory. Much like the same way in which Julius Caesar's quote of Wini Vidi Vici is remembered in its original language, Jesus' quotes were seared into the memory of the early church, preserved and loved. Words like Abba, Father, Raka, Fool, and from today's gospel, Ephatha, meaning be opened. Our scene today is a powerful one. Jesus, the word made flesh, taking the deaf and mute man aside to heal his afflictions. The man could not hear our Lord speak, so he placed his fingers in the man's ears to unstop them, something he could see and understand. Jesus gave the man his own water, licking his fingers and touching his tongue and loosening it, hearkening to our own common experience of finding it difficult to utter words when we are parched. While most of us do not share in the man's actual physical affliction, as humans, we do suffer from spiritual deafness and muteness of faith. In the ancient church, before baptism, the priest would touch the ears of the candidate and say, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Likewise, each of us has encountered Jesus coming to us and commanding us to be opened. But the loose tongue can still remain silent, just as the ears which can hear can fail to listen, or the eyes which look but fail to see. Remember, the door that is open can still be shut. That is the freedom we are granted, the trust that God has in us, because he knows we can overcome our fears and our baser instincts to follow him. God believes in us. He believes in us to believe in him, in his son. Christ has flung open the door to our prison cells, and yet most of us fail to stray too far into the light. Instead, we poke our heads out, take a look around, then shut ourselves back in, content to hang up representations and images of the life of Christ, life in Christ, on the walls of our prisons, unable or unwilling to leave the cares and concerns of the world behind. We festoon our prisons with the trappings of religiosity, content with the merchandise of Christianity, instead of living Christian lives. We wear the uniforms from the team store, but we don't go out for the team. This isn't some judgment pronounced from on high. I am only calling out that failing that I myself am guilty of. The Christian life, the life of being opened by Christ, is objectively frightening. Meanwhile, whatever imprisons us does so by feeding on our fears, our self-regard, and our fallen, sinful natures. Whatever the fallen world must be to keep us imprisoned, it will be. The human self projects its own ideas on the world, and as such, the world becomes a mirage of whatever the self needs it to be in order to fill our disordered desires. Does the world need to be a single organism or a goddess, a computer simulation, a competition of survival devoid of ultimate meaning? It will be all that and more. Whatever you desire, the world will gladly pretend to be. Our prisons are perfectly designed to keep us trapped, each one a bespoke, customized, one-of-a-kind, perfectly sufficient for its task.
My prison is designed just for me, just as yours is designed just for you. That is why it is so important to keep the door open, even if we cannot fully leave it just yet. That is because our prison only works if we are isolated. If we can quiet the sound of our prisons and hear the tap, tap, tapping of other prisoners, if we can find our own voice to call out to others, if we can unstop our ears and hear the word of God, then the glory that we have witnessed outside ourselves becomes less daunting. The world lures us into a false trap of self-sufficiency. We think that the fulfillment of our wants and desires are sufficient to make us happy. We think that either we are sufficient in ourselves or that there is something wrong with who we are when we are not. But if we would be open to Jesus and to the reality of ourselves and others, we begin to realize that we are broken and in need of healing. Our sufficiency is not in ourselves, but in Christ. We must be open to God, to other people, and to the reality of the world, but we must also open ourselves. This does not mean some wishy-washy open-mindedness where we are unable to discern right from wrong or accept the fallacy that there are many paths to God, any religion will do, or none of them will, or some such claptrap. Openness means accepting things as they actually are, not as they pass themselves off as or we wish them to be. Most importantly, openness means accepting ourselves as we actually are, not as we want to be or as more typical as we want others to see us as. Openness precludes our grasping and hoarding of objects, experiences, and sensations. Openness means people don't have to be anything other than themselves, and especially we don't need to be anything other than ourselves. Openness means living in the light of Christ that was granted in our baptism, fed through the Eucharist, and focused through our prayers so that we become beacons shining out with our love. Loving is the practical manifestation of our openness. We cannot but exit our prisons and enter into the reality of God's love for us when we love others. There is no room for any envy or jealousy if we are actively loving others with the love of Christ. Just as when we allow ourselves to be loved by God, we cannot be anything other than humble and meek. The gates of the kingdom have been thrown wide open for us. We need only pass through them, following Christ into the reality of the kingdom. On this side of the door, suffering is meaningless, but so are the things of this world that promise to give happiness and fulfillment. If we give our hearts to God, if we allow ourselves to be healed, to hear his word, to find our tongues and become ministers of the New Testament, then we realize that through it all, we have indeed been witnessing the glory of God, not only with our eyes, but with our whole selves. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.